Joe Biden's poll numbers are absolutely horrid, and Democrats are actually shocked about it for some reason. They now need to find a new way to get rid of Trump. New York City brings us closer to a dystopian hellscape described by Huxley and Orwell. And uh, let's answer the age-old question. Do you give up that plain seat? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Because it was it was a good weekend. Josie went over to Las Vegas. I stayed at home, finished my book, started editing a new, uh, started editing the first chapter. So that was good. I'm gonna probably finish that off today. So it was a good weekend. Kind of quiet. I didn't do anything special. I was gonna go see my dad, but that didn't happen because he had too many people at his place. So, um, not much happened. Joe Biden, guess what, was on vacation again. So he was in Delaware again. Uh, so it was kind of a quiet weekend all the way around. Lots of football, lots of baseball. Now, let's get to the news. Well, there was some news. Not a lot. I mean, it was really quiet. And again, I don't watch a lot of news during the weekend. So <coughs> it's... You know, it was kind of, ugh. Now, one of the news, some of the news that came out, and this is what all the news outlets were really talking about, was more approval ratings. Or, should I say, lack of approval ratings for Joe Biden. And they are really bad. Uh, approval overall is 14 to 15 points. Uh, Joe Biden is 15 to 14 points underwater. 52 to 46 or Four, I'm sorry, 40, 42 to 56%. 42 approve, 56 don't. Some polls have it all the way down to 39%. So he's anywhere from 14 to 16 points underwater. 70 to 30% of voters think that Joe Biden is just flat out too old. Now I've got a couple of points to make on that. Seventy per, Getting 70% of people to agree with each other is amazing. 70% of people in this country do not think a man cannot define a, what a man is or cannot define what a woman is. 70% of people do not agree that you shouldn't be chopping off the boobs of a, of a 15-year-old girl. Okay, 70% of people agree with this. So that is kind of an amazing number. And the other amazing number I won't say is I will say is thirty percent. What thirty percent do not look at Joe Biden and say, "Hey, he looks good. He looks phenomenal. He is not too old to do this job." Where do they find these thirty percent? Of course, these thirty percent don't know who the first president is. Don't know what the Emancipation Proclamation. They couldn't pass a citizenship exam, so and they don't watch any news. So that 30%, let's put it with a grain of salt. Um, Trump, of course, is also up on, back on poll comparisons. So when it comes to the economy, Trump is up on Biden by 11%. On accomplishments, Trump is up on Biden by 10%. So right now, things as far as the overall polls, Biden and Trump are neck and neck. Now, that really is bad news for Biden. Biden technically should be up by 10, 15 points. Biden is down. 
And to give you an example of how badly down he is, Hillary Clinton was up by 10% on Trump, and she lost the election. So, needless to say, the, the media is kind of flipping out here. And I was a little surprised here. You know, I, I thought the media was going for Trump because they thought Trump would lose. The media really thinks Joe Biden is a good president. They really do believe this. The media this weekend was absolutely shocked that Joe Biden is, is doing so poorly in the polls. I have no idea what life, what world they're living in, except that most of the media, these are millionaires, so they're doing really well, and they really don't care about what regular America is going through. That's my only guess. And they are in an echo chamber. So Donna Brazil, the former Democratic National Democratic Committee chairman, was on, and she was just... You couldn't, she could her mind was blown. And she just thought this was an incredible, okay, um, I don't quite understand what kind of bubble you're living in, what kind of echo chamber you're, you're living in, to realize Joe Biden is doing pretty poorly to the country. I mean, gas prices went up again. So, I, but these people really, really believe that Joe Biden is a great president, should easily beat Donald Trump. And the reality is, nobody likes Joe Biden either. So Donald Trump is neck and neck with him. And I think that's a that's a good sign. Because, I, again, you know I don't want Donald Trump. I'll vote for him. But I don't want Donald Trump. I want Ron DeSantis. But this is a, this is a real thing. So Democrats have to find a new way to get rid of Trump. To steal the election. And they're working overtime. One of the ways they're looking to do it is by getting Trump completely off the ballot. Uh, the first state actually pushing this is New Hampshire. So they're, they're trying to get him completely off the ballot. They're using a Civil War era entry in the Constitution of the 14th Amendment, Section 3, which basically says Trump could not qualify because he was involved in an insurrection of the United States government. Now, again, what they were talking about in the Constitution when this was written, this was written in 1872. What happened in 18... What happened just less than 10 years before this amendment to the Constitution was thrown in? Bueller, 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 the Civil War. So the idea was the South performed in... Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy basically could not run for president of the United States after the Civil War. That was the that was the reason it was put in there. Very obvious. And of course you've got another they've got there's another little bit of a problem. Donald Trump didn't do that. So let's not get absolutely crazy here. The other problem is Trump has never actually been convicted of insurrection. So that's not a thing. And by the way, even if this thing in I guess it's Georgia, works out for Georgia, maybe the Washington, D.C. case. I, there's so many indictments, I can't remember what charges are where. Even if he does get convicted, the reality of the matter is that this amendment doesn't prevent him from running because he's got appeals processes, and he can run. So this doesn't apply at all. 
there's no I, I, the reality is he hasn't been he hasn't even been convicted of anything yet. So saying we're going to take him off the ballot right now is election interference. By the way, everything here is election interference. The fact that he's been indicted is election interference. The news media being the way it is is election interference. Trying to pull him off the ballot, all of this is election interference. I don't know what to tell you. That's what it is. As far as I'm concerned, the true insurrection is happening right now, and it's not Trump that's doing it. It's the Democrats. It's the left. It's the media. There is an insurrection in this country, but it is not by Donald Trump. So the kicker is, if this thing actually does happen, New Hampshire is a moderate state. They're kind of lean to the left, but they're not really a lefty state. If this does happen, if Trump is pulled from one ballot, this is going to be a constitutional disaster. This is going to be a real problem. And I say this all the time, the country is going to, is going to hell in a handbasket. The country is going, I, I think the country might be there. This weekend I just finished Steve Deese's book, uh, a Nef The Nefarious Plot. Fantastic book, you should read it. I'm also currently reading uh, Glenn Beck's book of The Great Reset. His second book, he wrote two. Both are, all, both the books of Glenn Beck's books about the Great Reset and Steve Deese's book and uh, the Nefarious Plot and the movie that Steve Deese uh, wrote, Nefarious, all worth reading. The kicker is they're very negative. Um, according to the Nefarious Plot, you got to understand it comes from the eyes of a demon, the whole story. It is social commentary is what it is it's the country's already lost. And I believe that's correct to a smaller point, I, because I think the country is not going to go back to the way it was in the 70s and 80s. I do not think there's any... My kids will never know what it was like in this country in the 70s and 80s. They, they will have no freaking idea. They'll never know what it was like in the 90s. So before, before the turn of the century, this country was... You had freedoms, real freedoms. You know, Joe Biden keeps saying, well, you can't, you can't own an automatic weapon. And yeah, you could in the 80s. You could in the 70s. I owned one. Actual weapons of war, assault weapons, you could buy those. By the way, uh, 70s and 80s, we didn't have any mass shootings back then. 90s, we didn't have any mass shootings. Columbine was like the first mass shooting. I think that was in 88, 89, 90. I can't remember. I, actually, I think it was in the 90s. That was the first one, and that was the only one for years. Now it's almost an every weekend thing. Question is, why were we able to carry automatic weapons in the 80s, but we didn't have any mass shootings? You ever wonder that? Media doesn't talk about that. Well, I was alive in the 80s. I was alive in the 70s. I was alive in the 90s. I can tell you, this world is, this country is completely different than it was back then. And I don't think he can ever go back. And I think that's what Steve Deese's book, The Nefarious Plot, talks about. Is that we're never going back. This is, this is what it is. This is what this country is. And the reality is we can only go down. It's a wonderful book. You should read it. Okay, in other news, uh, The Burning Man had a major fiasco. Now, The Burning Man is a hippie fest. 
It's a music festival. It was started in San Francisco. It's basically debauchery and immorality. Uh, this thing is a communist festival. They believe in socialism and communism. If you read their, if you read their little uh, blurb about what it's about, they talk about community and and communal life and sharing everything and no money, nothing is for sale, blah, blah. Of course, all of that is bullshit. They have just as much, just as much capitalism there as in any other festival or music show or concert or anything else. All right. Well, they have it and they moved it from San Francisco into the middle of the desert. Oh, by the way, one of the things they do, the t couple of things they have that just shows you how twisted this whole thing is, they burn an effigy of a man on the uh, at the end of the at the end of the festival. The idea is man is evil. Um, they also have something called an orgy dome. So you can tell this is a real moral uplifting. Take your Catholic school kid there. By the way, no, there are no kids, and they basically say, do not bring kids. So, which means, I'm sure, I don't know. We're heading towards that that doesn't even matter anymore. That something that's inappropriate for kids is not even issue anymore. Anyway, so it rained, because in Nevada, uh, it's, the middle of, it's the middle of monsoon season. Josie, like I said, Josie went to Las Vegas this weekend. They got rained on the first day. And they had some flooding because this is in the middle of the desert. But this crap happens every year. This is nothing new. So, again, climate change people, relax. So it rained on Burning Man. And they have it in the middle of the desert. I believe someone described it as the salt flats. So the mud turned into slush. Cars were getting stuck. Things like that. Nobody couldn't go anywhere. And of course, it was being. There were conspiracy theories created because of this thing. Um, someone died, though. To be honest with you, it sounds more like someone died because of a drug overdose or something like that. It, it doesn't sound like it was because of the disaster or the rain or anything. Well, we know it's not about the rain because if it, because if this guy died because of the rain or the flood, um, he had other issues, probably sleeping. I don't know. Anyway, we'll get to the we'll get to that. So everyone was stuck out there, and to my understanding, a lot of people are still stuck out there. Now this is this was not Noah's flood. I I had I, I sat back and I read about what is actually going on out of there. First off, it rained a half an inch. It rained just enough to make the ground to make the dirt muddy. That's what it did. Yes, the cars can't pull out. All right, so it rained a half an inch. So what? So anything you hear where they're flooding, people are drowning in mud, quicksand, it, that didn't happen. It rained a half an inch. These people are freaking out about a half an inch. And then another part, which really trips me out here, there's actually a town five miles away. People can hoof it up to that town, and then there is a service, a, a shuttle service that will take you to Reno. So if you took your car to Reno or you took your car to this town, 
It's only five miles. So all these people are stuck out there, and you guys can't walk five miles? And we're not talking you have to walk through mountains. It, it's in the middle of the flats. Okay, put on your shoes, walk the five miles, and it's cloudy. Take a little bit of water. Yes, it's hot. Take some water. Take a little bit of water. Take a, I, You could probably go without water and huff five miles. Oh, wow. It just shows you how freaking weak people are. It really does. And finally, last but not least, um, in shocker of the week, Jill Biden has the China virus. Um, why this is a shocker? Uh, well, she's taken five shots to make sure she doesn't get the virus. She's never at the White House. I don't know who she caught the virus from. Joe Biden has tested negative, and he's going through a whole... This will probably be another reason why Joe Biden can't, has to take another 13 days off from going to work because now there's the China virus over. The whole thing is so stupid. They say she's fine. She The symptoms are very minor. And of course, they're going to sit there and say it's because of the shots or it's because the virus just isn't that bad. She's not. She's in good shape and there's nothing really to worry about. She basically caught the flu. So there we go. That'll do it. So before we get to dumbasses of the day, I, I do want to go to a story where I think this really, this is one of our moral questions of the day. And it's, do you give up your seat or not? So according to Fox News, last month, a woman named Sabrina posted a TikTok video that went viral saying an airline worker asked if she could switch her front row first class seat so a teenager could sit with their family. She denied the request and wrote in the video's caption, quote, that's, no, that's a no from me, dog. Would you have given up your seat? Also, they ended up finding a solution, so no, I am not a terrible be human being. Also, the child was like 13. Okay, so let's get to this moral quandary. So this gal, who doesn't fly, who doesn't fly first class normally, she says this. She flew first class because she finished her dissertation for her PhD in psychology and she decided she wanted to fly first class for the first time. Okay, family goes in, they can't sit together, the kid that is stuck in the back of the first class, I mean, this kid didn't get stuck in the, third, in the back of the plane, he was just told he had to sit in the back of first class while his parents apparently sat in the front of first class and he's 13 okay uh is it a he or a she no it was they don't say so this gal is asked to move so that this 13 year old could sit in the front of first class and she could be stuck in the back of first class and she said no i paid for the ticket that's it what do you think well i'll give you my I know what a lot of people on Fox News said. Fox News said, oh, yeah, I'd have given up the seat in a second. Yeah, of course, I would have given up the seat. It's immoral not to give up the seat. Families should stay together, blah, blah, blah. Okay, there is no way in hell I give up that seat in the front row at the in first class. Okay, and here are the reasons why. Reason number one, I paid for the effing ticket. And yes... 
The seat in first class in the front row is more expensive than the seat in first class in the back row. I've gotten the opportunity to fly first class in my life once. Believe it or not, I do not feel that the first row in the in first class is the best seat. I, I don't. I, I really don't. I think it's actually a second row, but whatever. You paid for the ticket. They did not. Two, um, whose fault is it really? The parents' fault. You mean you guys couldn't organize, you guys could afford first class, but you guys somehow failed to plan to get your kids all to sit together? So whose fault is it really? Is it her fault for not moving? Of course not. It's their fault for not planning. Their fault for not paying it. And why should they get the front row in first class so that uh, they can get a discount on a seat? F you. And then we're not talking this kid was two years old. This kid was 13. Get over it, sit in the back, and here's the reality. That kid wants to sit away from his family anyway because he's 13. That's what they do. So there's the answer to your moral quandary. I truly believe who was at fault here was not the broad who paid for her front row seat to have a special plane trip after she finished her PhD dissertation. By the way, never spelled dog, D-A-W-G, that's what she did, but whatever. It is the fault of the family with the 13-year-old kid that probably doesn't want to sit there and sit there with them in the first place who didn't plan well. So there's your answer. And if you disagree with me, leave, some, leave a comment, but uh, I will just say you're wrong. Okay. And it's, I'm at the bully pulpit, so I win. So, uh, okay, that was good. We've got some doozies here. Let's get to dumbasses of the day. Okay, so I got a couple of real champs here. So here's a gal. She's on some sort of podcast. And, you know, if you're listening to me, I just want to tell you anyone can do a podcast. I'm doing a podcast. It's just not that big a deal to do a podcast. But some of these groups that do podcasts and then they combine it with the video cast, really just bizarre stuff. So here's a chick who had a boyfriend and the boyfriend had kids. And apparently the boyfriend was kind of questionable in his treatment of the girlfriend. Which right off the bat, I kind of question because let's put it to you this way this gal seems like she's kind of loose with the morals herself so I'm not going to believe pretty much anything that this gal is saying I'm sure they had a bad relationship but to blame it I, but I'm not going to take it that from her mouth that it was all his fault I don't I don't buy that well she decided to get back get even on him when he broke up with her by calling CPS on him, stating that he was abusing his kids, and he had to deal with this. Just absolute, and she's laughing about it, and the podcaster's laughing about it. Let's listen. It was really bad because I was like, I felt so bad about it. Um, I called like child services mm-hmm. on this one. <laughs> I called, I called child services on my ex. Because he pissed me off. And then I was like, yeah, I'm done with this person. Whatever. Like, you know, cheater. Fucking piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Liesable, dumb shit. He had kids. I called child services mm-hmm. on his ass. And 
I like fabricated everything and like said certain things and they like went to the door and like there was a whole process like i don't even know if the children's aid worker still visits them but she probably does because of what i said like the way i ai'd that shit you know like real ai shit like fake bruises type shit. <laughs> be careful fellas yeah yeah pretty crazy so you faked bruises you faked shit and then you just made like exaggeration story and then on their kid on on his kids yeah like so hit like yeah and they came and they were like oh like we're seeing stuff that your kids are being abused you know you could lose your kids and i was just like that sucks <laughs> that sucks yeah should have been nicer to me bitch okay so let's take uh, let, let, let's look at a couple of things with this broad and if you see the video you'll know what i'm saying first off she's not even dressed She's wearing little bikini. She's got fake boobs. Her entire face looks like it's made up and fake. Uh, her hair doesn't look real. So she's dre basically dressed like a slut. Second, she cusses like a sailor. She does not seem like she's the child person in the first place. Third, she says like 18 times. In that one minute clip, she said like 18 times. So she's not a genius. And in the end, whose life did she actually make miserable? Did she make his life miserable? Yes. Probably cost him a lot of money. And she's proud of it. Probably still going through all that crap. That pain. She also made those kids' life miserable. I mean, if any of this is true. I, I've got 50 bucks that says this is probably not even true. Or it's very exaggerated. But she... She is loving this, and she loves the torture she puts through people. This is a bad human being. And then women wonder why nobody is coming and asking them for dates, because this is the shit we have to put up with, ladies. You've scared the crap out of men. We're afraid to go near you. So, I... It's just, we can sit back, and this is the problem with our culture. Our culture sees this as okay. Personally, if I were the guy, I would hope that someone points me to this video and I would deliberately take it to the police and say she needs to be arrested for filing a false report and this bitch should be in prison. I mean, even to have the audacity to even say this on television, on, on, in front of camera, in front of a camera, is just incredible to me. Okay. Let's get to our next video, and this is the dumbass of the day. And the reason this is the dumbass of the day is because she thinks she's so smart. Now, I'm not even going to build this up because I don't know how. Okay? Let's just listen to this obvious genius because she thinks she's a genius. And let's listen to her argument about whatever she's argument, arguing. Okay? And by the way, she's right. Because you can't argue this. Let's listen. The idea of psychogeography is right. The idea that anyone alive today is entangled in this complex web of semiotics based on their geopolitical, bioethical, socioeconomic, ethnolinguistic positionality, right? And so it becomes necessary to decode 
and encode our own meta-ontologies, because at the end of the day, we can't just reify the interstitial epistemologies that underpin our given perceptual paradigms. Rather, we must each intentionally create a space, a heuristic bubble, if you will, where resonant hermeneutics can unfold in a postmodern agora of ideation. Agora, of course, referring to the ancient Greek public space where intellectual alchemies once occurred. And it's this reimagining of recursive thought cosmogenies that's so crucial to the future of not only the current discourse, Diane, but of human consciousness itself. Now, I told you that you can't win this, an argument with her. Because she just made an argument, and there is no way you understood what she said. There's no way to go against this argument. And she does it in ways that it, it's from both sides of the angle. If you really listen to it, if you really, and I've listened to this about 10 times because I think it's hysterical, she actually argues from both sides of the argument, whatever argument they're, they're talking about, because there's no way to tell by listening to this. This is what the left does. They're very good at it. Uh, they're not that good at it. This is an example of not being that good at it. They, they basically throw a lot of big words at you that you do not understand, you do not know. I'm an English major. I've written a book, okay? I think I know language. I think I do. I'm not great at it. I'm always trying to improve. This is gobbledygook. This means nothing. And I can sit back. If you gave me the answer, I'd say, you, you just threw out a lot of multi-symbolic words out there, a lot of stuff that, made, that you read in a book someplace, and made that as your argument, and I bet you a dollar you could you could listen to this for a week, and you still couldn't tell me what it means. And that's I have actually had a debate where I've heard people that you just use a bunch of big words, string them together, and all you have to do is what did you just say? Tell me what you just said in English. Because here's the thing, a lot of times the left can sit there and say the same thing, except not make it conceptual. But the left has to make their arguments conceptual because all of their all they have is conception they don't have facts they don't have reality they don't have truths they only have conceptions this gal is obviously trying to make an argument she's got to use conceptions concepts into her argument because she just has nothing else she has no truth she has no facts so what the leftist does they string together a bunch of words that have conceptual meanings and then hope you don't ask them any questions. All right, so there's our dumbass of the day. Now let's get to our first story. So again, it was Labor Day, and Labor Day is a, is a massive day. Everyone gets together, have barbecues, drink beer, big crowds, big families get together. Well, that's something you can't do for a couple reasons. One, you can't, you can't have a barbecue, okay? You can't have a barbecue because of the environment. And large crowds, we can't do that because we got to lock down the world again because the election's coming up, and so COVID or something. It, yeah, they tried monkeypox. That didn't work out. So whatever. They, they, so what the government has decided to do, you know something? we're going to basically threaten you by monitoring you and making sure your parties aren't that big or you're not killing that many cows or you're not burning that much charcoal for your barbecue. 
So according to NBC News, those attending outdoor parties or barbecues in New York City this weekend may notice an uninvited guest looming over the festivities, a police surveillance drone. New York City Police Department plans to pilot unmanned aircrafts in response to complaints about large gatherings, including private events, over Labor Day weekend, officials announced Thursday. Quote, if a caller states there's a crowd, a large party, in a backyard, we're going to be utilizing our assets to go up and check, uh, go check on the party. Kaz Darty, assistant NYPD commissioner, said at a press conference. The plan drew immediate backlash from privacy and civil liberties advocates, raising questions about whether such drone use violated existing laws for police surveillance. Well, of course it, of course it does. Um, but that doesn't matter. By the way, they're doing this in China already. They're doing this in China already. So is this really a surprise? Um, and it's going to get worse. This is only going to get worse. We knew this was coming. I mean, the automatic dogs are, are walking around already. The police have these fake dogs that are, that are made to work with the public. You know, all those dystopian novels are coming true. 1984, they used to fly helicopters to make sure you were doing okay. In uh, Fahrenheit 451, Ray Bradbury's book, um, the electronic AI-generated dog used to patrol the streets like they're doing in New York City. By the way, you notice this is happening in New York City. They've got the drones. They're the ones that are going to buy the the robot dog. Well, I mean, that's what they did in Fahrenheit 451. The robot dog walks around the streets making sure people aren't doing are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And if they're not, guess what the robot dog did? Eat you. So I don't see this as a huge surprise. The only surprise I do see here is, and being a drone, I actually am a licensed drone guy. I can fly my drone pretty much anywhere I want as long as I have permission. Um... People used to shoot drones down because it was an invasion of privacy. Somehow I can't see this as being constitutional. I, I, I've got to say this has got to be kind of unconstitutional because you're not allowed onto private... Uh, police aren't allowed onto private property unless they get permission. But that's a reality. Even if someone is breaking the law inside their house, they're not allowed unless they have just reason. They're not allowed just to walk into your house. Somehow I have a feeling this is unconstitutional, but New York doesn't doesn't give a f about the Constitution. Come on. But honestly, you can if if I fly my drone over a backyard, they can shoot my drone down. And there's not a effing thing I can do about it. I can't complain about it. I can get back on Amazon and buy another drone because it's an invasion of privacy. How this isn't an invasion of privacy, I have no idea. How, if I shot this drone down, I would be in the wrong and could get into trouble? I have no idea. I got a feeling if they flew a drone over a backyard and someone shot it down, they wouldn't get, and they the police would go and they would arrest him. Probably for, I don't know what, damaging police property or something. I mean, shooting a gun. But the reality is if they took this to the Supreme Court, I think the Supreme Court might actually have something to say about this. So... Welcome to Big Brother. He is watching. <coughs> okay, let's let's take a look at the next story. Oh, I like this one. All right. 
So, uh, you know how I feel about drug addiction. Okay, you know how I feel about drug legalization. Well, according to the Washington Post, the nation's top health agency is recommending erasing restrictions on marijuana in what could be portend to a landmark shift in federal policy on cannabis. The Department of Health and Human Services has recommended to Drug Enforcement Administration that marijuana be reclassified as a lower-risk Schedule III controlled substance, according to a person familiar with the recommendation who spoke on a condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to speak on the issue. Marijuana is currently a Schedule I controlled substance, deemed alongside heroin and LSD, as having potential abuse, having a potential for abuse with little or no accepted medical use. Now, here, here, here's the whole thing. Marijuana still, the medical use for it is still very iffy. Now, it does have benefits. For example, if you're a cancer victim and you're having a lot of trouble eating, smoking marijuana will give you an appetite. But that doesn't mean it's actually doing anything for your cancer. That's why medical marijuana has never really gotten any traction, is that doctors actually point out, well, yeah, that's a benefit, but that's about the only benefit. It actually does nothing for your cancer, and there are health issues with marijuana. And this is something that a lot of people are having a real hard time with, is that marijuana is not a safe drug. Marijuana is addicting. It does, if it is not addicting to the cannabinoids that are in marijuana, it's addicting due to the nicotine that is in marijuana. And there is nicotine in marijuana. So it is physically addicting. Also, and by the way, we've known this since the 80s. That's one of the reasons why I never really got caught into marijuana. I didn't want to smoke it. Two, marijuana is psychologically and emotionally addicting. That we've known since the 80s. That's nothing new. We also know that marijuana causes psychopathy. People go psychotic. In California, San Diego County reported to the health administration that they were having an issue with people going psychotic while smoking marijuana. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that the new marijuana out there, the ones at the dispensaries, are far stronger than they used to be. But people are going psychotic. So it's not a safe drug emotionally or mentally. The other problem with marijuana is that it's physically damaging. The carcinogens in a marijuana smoke are not safe for your lungs. They're not safe for your throat. They're not safe for your mouth. That is all a lie. Marijuana burns hotter than a cigarette, which means it does more damage to the lungs. All, everything you hear about marijuana being safe and it's the wonder drug, and it's not. It's not safe. It's, it's like what they were calling, what they were calling opioids, um, oxycotton back in, this, in, 2000s, in the 2000s, how safe it is. It's not safe. It's not non-addictive. But they want to legalize it. And then the biggest problem, and we know this for an absolute fact now, Marijuana makes you dumber. It takes away any type of motivation. 
makes you sleepy, makes you dopey, and there are long-term effects. We all know this as a matter of experience because we all know the burnout. By the way, where did the burnout come from? A burnout comes from a guy who's just, his mind is gone. We've done social experiments. Denver, Colorado legalized marijuana. They're an absolute mess right now. Los Angeles legalized marijuana. They're an absolute mess right now. Anybody that has legalized marijuana is having major problems. And moving it away from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3, not going to fix the problems. How about this? This is coming from a government, by the way, just an FYI. This is a government that wants to make illegal, make illegal cigarettes. California just outlawed all flavored tobacco. Well, if flavored tobacco is bad, if tobacco is bad, just regular cigarette tobacco, what makes marijuana better? Here's the here's the truth. Not a I, I, it's a conspiracy theory. Except that um, this conspiracy theory has been written about by people back in the 1920s. Alex Huxley wrote about it. This is a way to dumb down and make content the populations. That's why drug legalization exists. Why do cigarettes, why do they want to ban cigarettes? Well, the answer is simple. Cigarettes don't make you dumb. Cigarettes don't, they're a health problem but they don't provide that brain fog that marijuana does. That brain fog, by the way, they're going after cigarettes and chewing tobacco, flavor, uh, chewing tobacco harder than they're going after meth and heroin. Have you noticed that? It's all crap. It's all crap. Now, I do have, for the point of, for a point that I do want to make, I did have a son who died from a drug overdose. So sometimes I go on that hill and I preach through experience and that's typically not a way to convince somebody. So a lot of my friends, they don't agree with me on this. They don't agree that drug legalization is a bad thing. If you watch Fox News, you got Greg Gutfeld, Kat Tim, they all believe in drug legalization. I don't. I'm completely... Well, the arguments that someone like Greg Gutfeld makes are terrible arguments. I destroy those arguments in a second. But there are, are a lot of people out there that think that um, drug legalization is okay. I'm not one of them. Okay, well, I was going to go through another story. I think we're just going to wait till tomorrow. It's 43 minutes into this. Um, I actually have to go out. So let, let's just let's just go. Let's deal with this tomorrow. So um, I do have some new videos on Rumble released. Go take a look at them. I just bought a camera for my computer so that it gives nice clear pictures. So it's going to be a lot easier to do these videos now. And I'm going to shorten them up a little bit so you don't have to look at my ugly mug as much as you see instead you see a lot of the a lot of the videos that I really like so it's better for me just not to say anything and let you watch the videos so go to rumble type in dumbasses talking politics and take a look at the videos I hope you guys had a great weekend I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you tomorrow 
God bless and love you all. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.